So let's go, guys. Okay, today is our third episode for our B Pro Talk. Uh, if you didn't listen for the first time, this space we invite uh, our guests to talk about decentralized development and their experience in Web3. So we are very happy to receive today Nikhil uh, Hagvera is his head of strategy and innovation at Sela Foundation. Welcome, Nikhil. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Thank you. And co-hosting this talk with me is Elder. Uh, Elder Vasconcelos is our CTO and co-founder at Taikai Labs. Good evening, Elder. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Well, I think that let's start to to explain for, for our listeners that don't know so much about Cell uh, Nihil. Uh, can you explain a little bit about the main mission of uh, of Cell? Yeah, I can do that. So uh, this is a, as a quick intro of Nikhil from the Cell Foundation, head of strategy and innovation. Uh, and so basically we support the, the Cell blockchain, the Cell ecosystem. Uh, and so as a quick overview, Celo is a layer one blockchain uh, that is carbon negative, mobile first, EVM compatible. And the real emphasis is on building for real world use cases. Um, a lot of our work has been focused in emerging markets, especially the core verticals really being around DeFi, real world DeFi, so things such as lending and community commerce, uh, community currencies, payments, uh, social impact use cases, as well as uh, climate use cases. Um, I would say that's really been the hub of most of our developer activity lately. Very cool. And what kind of markets that we are talking about? If I, I'm yeah. from Brazil, uh, what kind of market that you guys are looking for? Yeah, so I would say it's uh, our most of our work has really been in Africa and LATAM. So in Africa, like heavy places are like Kenya, Uganda, uh, Nigeria. Uh, in LATAM, I would say Brazil has been pretty active. Colombia, we have some work going on in Mexico, um, and then kind of other countries as well. Generally pretty global. And then we have a number of, as you can imagine, a lot of developers, of course, in the U.S. as well as in Europe. Uh, U.S. is kind of the full mix. Uh, Europe is also the full mix, but I've lately talked to a lot of climate-related projects out of Europe. Very cool. And going a little bit deep about the, the role of a head of innovation strategy, what what the challenge that you guys, uh, especially you, are facing right now? Uh, you are tackling different uh, ecosystems, not just different uh, countries. And what is the challenge go to a different country to to, to present several? Yeah, I would say the big challenge is I think in a lot of these cases when we build for real world use cases. Um, we're not quite fully there yet when we think of uh, crypto, right? So we, I was actually just in a session with one of our partners, who's IDEO. Uh, so we were just doing a session with them where they've been supporting different partners in the Celo ecosystem on how to make more inclusive and accessible design. And I think these are things that I think are still not second nature for developers in crypto quite yet. So give, I'll give you an example, right? Um, let's say you want to swap an asset. Uh, right now, you have to go to a DEX, and DEX interfaces are not necessarily the easiest to navigate uh, for kind of an everyday user, right? So, do I really kind of take my, do I really have my mom go and use a DEX? Probably not. I think at the end of the day, most people who are kind of traditional users are pro still may end up actually going to a centralized exchange. But that also manifests itself in terms of when we think of payments, 
right? So how do we think about gas for payments? How do we think about even the process of uh, clicking accept for a payment flow where you're essentially on a, on a MetaMask or something like that, uh, and you're having to click approve multiple times and things like that. And so I think this is where the biggest challenge I've found is like when we're trying to build out these real world utility pieces, that entire flow, uh, as well as then, you know, like things such as like the on ramp, like seamless on and off ramps, being able to move between real world and crypto at the moment, because they are still very distinct. Uh, yeah, I would say those, that, is, that has still been the biggest challenge by far. Interesting. And, and, and what about the developers? Uh, what are the challenges that you're, you're facing to attract developers uh, to your community? What, what are the main pain points is to, is to bring developers for them to build uh, things? What is the main challenge that you think? That just Sorry, is this the main challenge for developers or is this the main challenge for bringing in developers? For main challenge for bringing developers, yeah. I think. Uh, I would say, I mean, I think the main challenge for, for bringing in developers is just generally, I think right now, like as market has dipped a little bit, there's less funding going around, less kind of general usage. And so I would say, I think from that standpoint, if you're a developer and you're thinking about, okay, great. So how do I get a massive number of users? Uh, it's absolutely trickier now. And I don't think, I think this is in Celo, but I think this is relevant for most, for most other ecosystems as well, in terms of how do you get just more people to use your, uh, you, basically use your product. Um, I think the result, I think the other really big piece here is like in the past, last year, we were seeing a lot of kind of venture capital activity helping projects scale, right? So, you know, they build out the MVP, they're provided a grant from the Solo Foundation, or they go through the Solo Camp Accelerator program or other kind of avenues for initial engagement in Solo. But I think from there, they really want to, you know, set, like substantially scale their project. Oftentimes in our mind, that involves kind of that might involve VC that uh, funding from venture capital. And I think this is now we're seeing less capital uh, come in from venture capital funds, uh, which obviously kind of affects the overall kind of deployment timeline and scaling of different uh, developers works. Okay. I, I think I, I, I was cutting Elder to talk. Elder. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk oh, about our own examples. So. The main challenge to, is to start a distinct vision that resonates in their head. Yeah, we need to reach them and make sure that they understand what, what we are trying to build. Uh, especially for us, uh, we are because we are creating a developer digital economy, we need to make sure that they understand what is the, the, our vision for the product and what the product is going to solve. Uh, because nowadays it's extremely difficult to convince developers. So, and basically when you try to build a, a product around the community, um, and we, we need to basically make sure they understand well, the vision of, for your community. Our goal, our product is, is built basically with a goal, uh, build a community of developers that want to work on a several projects or organizations without having a fixed bank with any of them. Uh, and this will allow them to work extremely for projects that are really connected to and believe and I work at their own pace. And that's that's how basically our main reason for attracting developers. Uh, so they need to understand that they basically can work uh, at their own pace using our product. They can receive payments at the end. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we need to build uh, and communicate clearly with a, with a developer community to attract them to, to use our products. And that's that's something that we are we have been working on 
using different strategies, but that's for us is is the, our main challenge. I agree. I think that that makes sense. Uh, and, and what what about the challenges of building this uh, a decentralized community, the a developer community? This is something that we are uh, a challenge that we as people are are dealing with. But uh, how about Celo in the beginning? Let's say. Uh, what are the challenges and the learnings that you have of building this decentralized uh, developer community? I think it's transitioning from a centralized to a decentralized model, right? So how do you kind of have that flow where you're essentially trying to hand off more and more things to the community uh, and have it so that it's easy to navigate? I think, you know, for example, I was I've been working with a project recently that's planning to deploy to Celo. And they wanted to kind of write a Medium article and, you know, talk about other potential partners and why they're launching on Celo. And, you know, one big challenge is that they went to an ecosystem like page that's actually managed by the, the community for different projects that are live on Celo. The only problem is that it's not super up to date. Uh, and so it's thinking about, you know, like in this case of the information that's going out, how do we kind of continue having that decentralized? How do you have mechanisms for communication between developers and founders? so that it's less that they're necessarily messaging me or someone else at the foundation to connect them, but instead they're able to go to one another. Um, it's a bit, it's, we'd sort of take it for granted that information is easily accessible, but oftentimes it's not um, in an ecosystem, especially one where it's very global. So I'd say that's something that we've been thinking a lot about of how do we kind of progressively decentralize. And then similarly also for even funding decisions where I, I think a foundation entity is great to like provide initial funding, but then over time we should be thinking about how to have um, more like community oriented grants models and things like that. So instead of the foundation making funding decisions, it's the ecosystem. And so what are good structures and models to do that? And how do you allow for appropriate and necessary information flow to essentially facilitate those types of decisions uh, is something that is very tricky, but I think that's where the, the space is really heading. And, and how about uh, what you what you guys are uh, struggling in this kind of situation, or the challenge that you're you're seeing? This is the is removing from the equation in the process that you want more people to 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 create their own hubs, and you guys being more like uh, incentives or connectors. Or what is the challenge that you think that is is the most difficult part in in your experience? I think in this case, it's separate. It's basically, yeah, I think it's basically having us serve as more as connectors uh, as needed, but then even over time that we're not even the ones who are connecting, uh, but rather there is everyone else is connecting to one another. It's basically that process of, are you kind of a central node in that, or are you increasingly becoming a node in that overall ecosystem, but then everyone else is communicating with one another. Uh, and I think that that just takes time. And I think the other challenge too is, if you're thinking about it from a builder standpoint, you're probably busy building. Uh, and so you're not able to necessarily stay super plugged into all aspects of an ecosystem, but you'll only really be focused on a few key areas. So then it's thinking about how your key area, how those like key areas connect to others. So for example, um, let's take something like, uh, like lending. So let's take real world DeFi lending. Directly tied to real-world DeFi lending, there was also going to be on-ramps and off-ramp partners. 
Uh, and so how do you make sure that those two groups don't end up being silos, but can actually be linked to one another? That is great. Elder, want to, want to ask a question? Yeah, so in, in, for you, for basically in the cell of foundation, uh, how do you see the future of work uh, in your, for developers in Web3, uh, especially in your, in your case? So could you repeat that again? My connection cut out for a second. Okay. So how do you see the future of work for, for developers in Web3 in general? The, yeah. So at least for me, how I've seen the future of work for developers is I think there's going to be a mix of, you know, like developer shops, companies, startups, and groups still doing that. So I think that's one aspect, but then I think you also have more of these DAO models as well in which uh, people will have kind of, there'll be different DAOs that are basically able to facilitate more decentralized models of work. Uh, so I think you'll see a mix of both rather than any, at least I don't think there'll be any one option. And some of that will really come down to kind of where funding is, where people are located uh, and what those specific uh, use cases and products that are being built. Um, I think there's a cool project called Talent Protocol uh, that's on Celo and on Polygon that has really yeah, helped on how to better create support for one another. And Boys Club is another good group that's been doing some of this type of work as well. Yeah, I think for, for this kind of initiative, I think it's very important, uh, basically, uh, for developers to understand uh, the project, uh, to have proper documentation, and to basically de-risk that option to enter on a project. So for me, I see the future. Uh, people really hope trying to, to work for different companies, and or an organization and they'll have Hello there. I'm still here. Okay, I think I think Elder is cut off, right? Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh we lost Elder here. Uh the people from our social media, but uh, well, I think that that builder was is that okay? He's back. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Elder. Yeah, I got lost with really, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I was saying that basically saying the response for the answer of future of work. Uh, for my for my personal vision, basically, project core teams will continue to exist and maintain the main software pieces and functionalities, but organizations or DAO will rely more on community and body hunters to develop certain pieces of their business. Um, this strategy will basically allow them to upscale or downscale their team and following their needs and budget. Um, uh, we we have a lot of examples on. I thought it could be a good example. They are basically creating an um, engineering thing openly on the internet. You can basically go to their uh, documentation, browse their documentation, understand what their the internal processes. And I think I really believe in this way of working, yeah, and it could work for several companies, especially startups. Um, and this transfer and trustful. Uh, protocol between uh, between the 
developers and organizations, I think will allow to, to basically uh, any kind of developer to de-risk their participation on a, on a DAO or organization. Uh, it's kind of a, a mix of three things in what you're saying, Odis, like the, the incentives for engaging in that specific project, they can really around that project and, yeah. and, and the project itself, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There are three different holders that I think they are, the the relations between them. I think they are going. They are evolving and they are more not uh, not only strong connected like we have on the traditional world of corporates. This okay. Okay. So uh, I have a question for Nikhil. So uh, basically. If you were try to convince a developer, uh, what is the main reason for developers to join the Celo community and build on Celo? Yeah, I think the main developers that we've seen, I think really what attracts developers to to Celo are a few things. One is, I think, easy, pretty easy to deploy, pretty cheap to deploy. Um, so given that gas prices are really are quite low on Celo, uh, just that fact that you can relatively easily deploy on Celo, uh, especially if you're someone who is built on another EVM chain. So I think that's one. Uh, I think the other one too is pretty mission aligned uh, developers who are looking to kind of focus on real world use cases. I think that's where the ecosystem has a lot of activity around that. And so then it's the way we really think of the future of L1s and L2s is really that they are ecosystems. Uh, and you'll kind of see people build where they have community. Um, and I think that's where kind of the other piece here is like the community that you're looking for. So in Celo, it's a group that is very mission oriented, a group that is very much focused on real world use cases. And that's where we've seen kind of a lot of developers come to Celo's for that, for that reason as well. So it's both making it as easy as possible to deploy on Celo. That's one. Uh, and then two, having, a, and then two, having that kind of community that you're really strongly affiliated with and, uh, I uh, feel like you've found the right people. And then the third one is just a, a long-term roadmap that continues to allow for the Celo blockchain to scale. And so recently, the C-Labs, which is the engineering entity, put up a post on kind of the roadmap for the Celo blockchain. So those are things such as like partnership with Mistin Labs for thinking about throughput, partnership with, Hyper, partnership with like Hyperlane to build out more interoperable mechanisms. So I think that's really what we've been looking at. Yeah, in terms of initiative, uh, what kind of initiatives do you have or currently planned for 2023 uh, for the Celo ecosystem builders? Yeah, there's a mix of initiatives. So we have uh, we have our upcoming Celo camp accelerator that just opened up their application. So that will be uh, starting, I think, on in March. Um, so that's a big one. We currently have a hackathon going on with Deutsche Telekom uh, for mobile-based uh, blockchain uh, work. So that's that's one that just finished accepting applications, but that will be fully for kind of um, exploring new projects that are basically that would utilize Celo as well as potentially utilize something like Deutsche Telekom. Uh, and then I think we'll continue having more hackathons as well. So hackathons as well as accelerators. So we have a partnership with IDEO's accelerator. I'm currently serving as an advisor for the Wharton's uh, size cipher accelerator. So I think we'll have continued a lot of those as well as community grants. So um, we have Presenti, which provides, uh, which is our community fund for grants. 
The Climate Collective pro provides grants for climate-related projects. The Cella Foundation is still providing uh, some grants as well. And so there's those things where we haven't announced yet formally, but we are working with Axelar to have an ecosystem grant there as well. And so we'll continue having those kinds of pieces to support developers. Um, and the other thing that we'll also, that we've been doing a lot of work is partnering with different venture capital funds. Uh, so that way, you know, for any developer who's building something out, you have kind of initial funding and initial support. And then from there, it's how do you then allow that to scale? So can you easily go to venture capital funds to be able to access more funding? That's very cool. And, and what about uh, one question that comes to my mind when we are talking about developers and what's the best practice that you learn in your career by creating relationship with a developer, a developer community? What What is, is insights that you discover by working yeah. with them? Developers are really good at knowledge of around like what is like how to build, right? Like what are the challenges that they're facing? What are the documentations? What is the tooling? Yeah. So they might say like, look, like we're trying to build this, but for us to do this, we actually need this other infrastructure in place. And that's really helpful because then we can go and say, okay, great. What are the other tools that we can get? An example here would be a number of developers in our ecosystem are asking for, we're looking for a cross, a cross chain DEX. Um, one that allows you to easily swap from one chain to another. And then we had a chance to kind of, we basically are the, from the Cella Foundation side, we spent a lot of time doing research and figuring out who would be some good partners for this. And then we came across Axelar and Squid. Uh, and so Squid deployed, and that's actually been really, really helpful in the ecosystem. And so those are the kinds of things where developer communities are really knowledgeable around what are the tool, tools that they need for them to build. And then we can basically use that information. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I think under, I think from from me, I think it's it's very important to have a, a direct communication with them. So, so what, especially with our product, when we yeah, when we have a developer community that is able to find out solution for a problem that we we publish online on our boxes, I think it's it's very important to have a direct communication with them, or through Discord, Telegram, and basically be connect with them with, uh, in some, in somehow, uh, in, uh, in any way. So also organizing event, something around technology or experience, I think is also important. And again, talking about documentation, it's very important for, to have basically contribute to their, um, upskilling and create content for them to learn new skills and, and at, at the end. Uh, encourage a lot uh, contributions to your to your products, and that's something that we uh, we keep in mind when we try to engage uh, continues with with the developers, and something that we learn uh, from having experience that it could also uh, improve the numbers and reaching more developers if they understand that uh, we are basically here to contribute for their career and helping them to reach their goals at the end um and yeah and that's the reason we think uh foster the relationship with the community is really important for especially for this community-based products that we act and uh, at taikai and we brought we are building uh, i think it's at the end it's all about sharing and growing together that's something that we are keeping in mind uh when we 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 launch initiatives or we talk with developers from the ecosystem and 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 
moving a, a little bit away from the developer, uh, but going to the companies or more traditional companies or projects. What do you think are the main challenge and obstacles related to these companies to adopt decentralized development? Uh, for Nikhil and Elder. Do you want to go first, Elder? Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's all about adoption. So we are basically creating a, a significant, significant technological shift uh, when we try to involve blockchain and traditional business can be resistant to, to change. Um, I think it's very difficult for them to understand that removing the middleman from their business model, it, it's, it's tricky. Um, at the same time, web free or technology needs, uh, requires a lot of expertise, um, to build up basically new protocols, to integrate with new protocols. And they, some, some, some companies, I think are want to de-risk this kind of, uh, this kind of improvements on their business. So, but at the same time, I see a lot of opportunities, especially when we are talking about uh, a new tech greenfield. Um, basically the first movers can take advantage and create basically different uh, new startups to solve uh, the industry problems. Um, the industry uh, for blockchain uh, could solve a lot of problems in society, but because it's uh, the technology that brings uh, a lot of trust and transparent to any kind of uh, interaction between humans. Um, but I understand completely the why the some basically businesses are de-risking this move to to web free or to using this technology because it's at the same time the to find out skilled people to work with web free is very costly and and yeah it, I understand in terms of de-risking this kind of approach to the, to blockchain. Well, I think if this blockchain is co completely remapping some um, industries, especially the TreadFi, with DeFi, uh, again, the, another changes I see that are, are brought by, by blockchain is the, the education, because now we have certificates that could live on blockchain, the collection uh, of collectibles is also revolutionized by the NFTs. And I see a lot of changes on the society uh, that could basically uh, brought by, by like blockchain. And it, I think it's very important uh, that this transformation is not going to uh, to happen uh, quickly. It's going to take some, some years, uh, but I think the first movie will take advantage, uh, especially nowadays that we uh, that we we are basically having a strong uh, evolution on the developer um, ecosystems of blockchain. Agreed with uh, Elder. I think a few other things to also add are, I mean, if you're working with a company, I think the other key challenge is what is the real use case uh, for them. So if you're working, if you're very Web3 native uh, and then you're having to pitch to a traditional company, it's really understanding what does that traditional company do and how specifically can uh, something on a blockchain really help out. And I don't think that's oftentimes very clear for a lot of these use cases at the moment, unfortunately. In some instances they are, but not kind of mass developed yet. And I think that's where you start having some of those challenges. So I think the best example that we've seen so far 
in terms of where companies have just consistently done this so far has really been around uh, basically customer engagement with NFTs. Uh, that's all like that's blockchain, but not as like blockchain kind of crypto-y as one as a lot of the things that as like a crypto native person would do. And so I think it just takes time to have those more robust pieces built out. And that is the understanding, as Helder mentioned, as well as kind of the expertise of the development, as well as articulating really like what is the purpose of why you're changing your backend systems, why you're changing the way you're operating itself, which does take, uh, which is a heavy lift. Yeah. We don't see that as well. Basically, the integration and interoperability uh, advantage that they can take. If they are basically deploying on an open, permissionless uh, network, so I think it's and that's something that we are seeing. Where with this loads of DeFi products launched, uh, uh, composition of DeFi products, as we can see that are happening on, on the on the blockchain ecosystem, uh, all the possibilities are endless. So they don't see that the advantages of using a, an open, basically permissionless blockchain. Yeah, I think that what you guys uh, add here, uh, we also need to understand the, the regulation of each country, right? Uh, this, I think it affects a lot of traditional companies to go to this kind of, uh, uh, to this approach to, to move your entire ecosystem, not entire ecosystem, but to move part of your business oh, or your business to this, to this area. Uh, and what, what, what interesting projects, uh, uh, of successful project uh, of integration more traditional companies uh, to Web3 that you experience in Celo, Nihil? I think on Celo, the one that we've found to be pretty compelling and uh, powerful so far has been uh, things such as cross-border payments with stablecoin. Uh, so both payments as well as humanitarian aid with our like nonprofit partners such as uh, Care, Care International. Uh, we are doing some work with Grameen for cross-border types of lending mechanisms. Uh, they deployed something on our test set, but I think the next step will actually be a mainnet component. And we're working with different traditional kind of, we're working with different Web3 lenders to think about the capital flows. So that's another one that we're seeing a compelling use case there. And then the last one I should flag that hasn't really been, that's in under development, but hasn't been truly, that hasn't been fully built out quite yet is uh, some of our work with Kickstarter. Uh, so Kickstarter is deploying a decentralized crowdfunding platform, essentially. Uh, and so that's kind of something that's been in development for some time. But again, actually, this is where I can really flag just how long some of this, the development time actually takes for some of these. And the other really big piece, too, to think about is a lot of crypto in my mind is still very experimental. And so hacks are still very possible and there's vulnerabilities. And so trying to convince a large company to say, oh, you should do all of this on a blockchain is still risky for them uh, because you don't really know what potential vulnerabilities there are. Yeah, they prefer to have control about their databases or their data flow. And that's something that is very tied to their to their minds also. And it's going to be difficult for them to understand these new models. And that's something that, yeah, for more traditional uh, startups is easier to 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 get some risks and try to experiment with with new kind of models that could work and, and basically experiment on the well well internet. So 
and so openly, and that's something that is very risky. You know, it, and it was risky since the beginning of the blockchain. Oh, this appetite for for risking is, is something that is, is built on the on the web three ethos. So. Yeah, but a question that I have in mind when we discuss about this, I understand for the Web3, uh, for the more traditional companies, but uh, onboarding more uh, projects that are, I don't know, crypto natives uh, for the decentralized development. I think it's more about the culture, right? Because when you go to, to this decentralized approach, you are open your code, you are open your, your way of doing, to our community and also this can can lead to uh, i don't know maybe a little bit of chaos if you don't have so much structure yet so how do you think this uh this challenge of trying to be more more horizontal as possible developing a product uh but at the same time uh, keeping the vision for what you want to build uh as a company what do you think about this elder or an annihil if you have any interesting case, yeah, I think, like I said before, I think it's, it's you need a proper framework for doing this. Uh, and when you all you, we are creating a product openly uh, on GitHub or with open source, everything is open source. You need to make sure that you uh, basically it's uh, well tested, doesn't have vulnerabilities, uh, because if somebody uh, recognizes the vulnerability product or is able to to hack a bolt or something like that. Is going to be could be the end of your product because it will basically take you some some funds that I if basically people goes to Twitter talking about it nobody will try to to use your product again so it's a, it's it's a very risky one so I think it's uh, like I said you need to have basically a core team and you basically can offload some of your work for uh, the crowd or your community. But I think you need to have like basically a proper uh, car team really, really find that everything is going uh, as expected. And, and, and what what about your your approach, Hill? How it how it first how is it structured a little bit uh, of your your team? You have developers around the world. How how it uh, structured inside of Cell? Yeah. So for Cello, I sit at the Cello Foundation. So we don't actually have developers at uh, the foundation. We do have a DevRel team. Uh, and so they're sitting all around the world uh, in kind of the US, in in Europe, in uh, South America, I think we have. And then we have some people in, in India as well. Uh, so they're fully spread out. And then my team is more my immediate team kind of we work heavily with the ecosystem in terms of supporting their launches and a lot of project management. My team is also completely globally spread out. So I'm in the U.S. in California. There's two of my team members who are in Toronto. One person is in the Philippines. One person is in Dubai. And one person is in Boston. So again, very spread out. Um, I think from like then from a developer standpoint, though, I think the way we interface with with projects is kind of we end up having to cover all time zones. So that's where you end up having this very flat model uh, everywhere. And it's really just thinking about how are you supporting different uh, projects across the ecosystem. That is great. Well, uh, the team here also asked me to remember that in the end of this BPRO talk, we're going to have an uh, exclusive NFT for those that uh, is joining our our Twitter space. 
it's going to be inside of our announcement channel at Bipro. So in the end of this uh, episode, we're going to share the link for you to download. Uh, let's see if we have more questions for the community right now. Uh, but Elder, you have something to, to, to add here? Yeah, and I think it's for uh, my closing comment. Uh, I think uh, it was uh, nice to to have you here, Nikhil, and talk a little bit about Cello. It was, I think, it was uh, nice to understand how the Cello Foundation is rallying and their uh, their work to to attract more developers and making sure that their vision is is going to to be deployed to. Uh, on on Cello, so it was nice to hear more about your initiatives. And yeah, I hope it was a it was nice for the audition to understand what what this Cello ecosystem is doing, firing you and that initiative, an objective for this year. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to take any questions from the audience, but I uh, appreciate you both taking the time. Uh, really enjoyed kind of this conversation around thinking of different things, such as how do you have more flat developer structures? Uh, how can it be easier for developers to build? What are the resources and tooling that's that's necessary, as well as thinking about the future of future of work for developers? Yes, guys, thank you very much for both of you, Elder, to to host this. This pro talk with me, Nikhil. Thank you very much to be to be here and to support us with your knowledge as well. So we are going to close this pro uh, talk for today. The link we're gonna share in our Twitter. And thank you very much, guys. So let's see you around in the next pro talk. <laughs>